Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Why Won't You Date Me, a podcast where B. Nicole Byer tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could uh, cut all my fingers off and call me a dummy. I would say, I love you so much. <laughs> my guest today... <laughs> I guess today you've seen them on bajillion dollar properties, uh, Trump versus Bernie, Adam ruins everything, good trouble, ooh, Friendsgiving. Was that released yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. Or it's coming up. Oh, by this time it has been released. Oh, boy. Rhea Butcher. <laughs> What's up, Nicole? I was going to be like... <laughs> I was going to continue your intro and be like, wow, they're just a wonderful stand-up. And I was like, oh, just introduce Rhea. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you can keep going if you want. I love hearing it. Well, you're so funny. I forgot I did some of those things, you know? Oh, really? I mean, I didn't really, but like Trump versus Bernie, that's a that's like a classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got your IMDb open. Oh, yeah. You got to pult up. Yeah. I like having the IMDb at the ready. So... Because sometimes you just forget shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I did about some of the things you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Rhea, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Nicole. You are my first white guest since, uh, I think, May. Wow. (laughs) Oh, actually, Conan is going to be the first white guest. Oh, just kidding. come on. Sorry about it. (laughs) Okay, producer, my producer, please leave this in. My producer, Marissa, is a... correcting me <laughs> sorry because <laughs> uh-huh. i record things out of order so Rhea, you are the second white guest All of right. 2021 whatever that's fine 
<laughs> I can be I can be the second white guy. <laughs> okay. All right. That's Thank fine. you for That's all right. understanding. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing okay, you know? I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> I know. It's hard to uh who the context is, you know, is now. The context is now. Sure. So it's like Sure, who knows? I mean, some days it's like I I woke up. I'm awake. So like mm-hmm. grateful, you know? Like yeah. sometimes you just really got to start there cuz otherwise I can get mm-hmm. really upset about a lot of things. Um and then I yeah. got to remember like, oh, yeah, I've got like uh an apartment that I'm able to pay for right now and like I have food, I have uh friends, I have a dog who <laughs> doesn't want to spend any time with me. I have a Christmas tree, you know, it's like Cool. Things are good. You Wait, know? why doesn't your dog want to spend time with you? He is like in love with my partner. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's cute. I like take him for walks and stuff. And then he just, I take I let him off the leash and he leaves. He just runs away. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like the situation with my dog. My mm. dog loves John Milheiser, my roommate. <laughs> loves him so much. John went away for Christmas uh, against the recommendation of the CDC. Yep. Oh, he's going to hate that I said that, but whatever. Uh, and he was so depressed the first like three oh. days he was gone. But then he adjusted and was like, all right, John's gone. This is it. I love Nicole again. And it's <laughs> yeah. been really nice. <laughs> That's great. John's dead, I guess. I'm with Nicole now. <laughs> I uh, I'm in a like an air cast boot. Yeah. So I think Clyde is like, oh, she's hurt. I have to be nice to her, which is really nice. But also like, can you love me without a cast on? Love me without my air cast. <laughs> yeah, Nicole, how are you doing? I like saw something on Twitter um, about your leg. <laughs> okay, so. It was like a one day job. So, and I told them beforehand yeah. that I cannot walk. I have a little knee scooter and I'm on crutches. I get there and not only it's not a normal trailer, it's a trailer with six stairs in it. <sighs> and I got picked up at 6 30 in the morning. Uh, the nice man who lives with me overslept and didn't help me. And I was like, I'll be fine. The driver will help me down because I have like a hundred <laughs> stairs to leave oh, my house. No. So I'm standing at the top of my stairs and I'm like waving at the driver and the driver pops out of his car and goes, Nicole. I said, yes. He goes, I'm your ride. And I said, I know. (laughs) He goes, come down. I said, I can't. I need help. He goes, when you get down, I'll help you. And I have like a knee scooter and crutches. And I was like, oh boy, uh, is he, how is this? Can you not see? How's he driving me somewhere? Like not to be rude, but like, (laughs) for sure. Of course. Yeah. So then he goes, just come down. I said, I need help. (laughs) That's where the help comes in. (laughs) Yes. And then he like kind of looked at me harder and was like, Oh, okay. And then he like snatched my scooter and like went down the stairs. And I was like, huh? So I don't don't think this is going to be fun. But then he drove me to set and kept going. Is it here? Is it here? And I was like, oh, oh my no, man, you have the address. <laughs> I'm not the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one driving. I don't know. Yeah. And then we get there and my wardrobe uh, person, my costumer, Marley, is walking towards me and he had gotten the scooter out and I'm on my crutches and he pushes the scooter towards Marley and away from me. And I was like, wait, why? Why would you do that? Why? Why? 
And then Marley pushes the scooter towards me. I put my knee on it and I'm scooting towards it. And I was like, oh my God, there's six stairs instead of the traditional three in a trailer. Yeah. I was like, I now have to climb up three more stairs. So then uh, this PA, God bless him. I never found him to apologize, but he goes, can I help you? And I <laughs> yelled, no one can help me. And I <laughs> oh, threw each crutch like a javelin into the trailer. <laughs> and then... My hair and makeup ladies, they were like, from our perspective, Nicole, we just heard you scream. And then these crutches were hurled into the trailer. Oh, no. And then I crawled up the stairs and had to do that maybe like, I don't know, six times that day. And then there was no no accessible route to get to the soundstage. Wow. And the AD at one point was like, it's just, you just hop over this. And I was like, okay, you might just hop over this, but I don't want to injure my other good ankle right now. I don't want to yeah. be like fully immobile for this one day thing. It was like not fun. And I fully, I've always been like, oh, things need to be more accessible, but I've never had yeah. it happen to me, which is like a real ableist fucking privilege point of view. But God damn, it must suck. That like, and then people huff and puff when they have yeah. to help you. And like, that doesn't make anybody feel good. <laughs> no. And they kept going, are you sure you can't walk? And I was like, yes. That, that was the thing when I saw that and I just like read it and I, I could, it was like I could feel it happening. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I could feel being there and just, I, it was like I was standing watching it happen for you, you know, of like, because I have had not that exact experience, but experiences like that where people, because they cannot, they are not actually having the experience and they have not mm -hmm. lived the experience before or after and, and perhaps don't have, like what you just said is like, I've always believed things need to be more accessible, but then when you have the actual lived experience, it changes mm -hmm. it more. It's like, especially if you're not walking in cognizant of things need to be more mm -hmm. accessible. People are just like, this is not my experience. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like in this moment, Which they're is uncomfortable. So crazy. It is. It's so bonkers and like so human, but also just like, are you sure? Like I have had so many people, the, are you sure? Like mm -hmm. that is something I have tried to remove from my vocabulary, uh -huh. <laughs> like from my communication. It's like, if somebody is telling me something, they're probably pretty sure about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I say things to people, I've spent some time, like important, you know what I mean? Like this is important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I assume that of other, it's like if somebody's bringing something to me or somebody's saying, I need help with this, whether it's with their actual mouth or with the fact that they're literally carrying crutches, I don't go, are you sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so bananas it's... to me. <laughs> I remember, like, I distinctly remember saying, are you sure to this one very, very discombobulated older lady online at TSA at the airport? Mm -hmm. She, like, could not get her computer out of her bag. And I was like, do you need any help? And she was like, no. And I was like, but are you sure? Because, like, this looks, are you? And she was like, no. And then really just held up the line. And she did well, need help. <laughs> yeah, she definitely did. And she was like, I don't want it. <laughs> of course, are you sure, you know, never saying it. Of course, uh -huh. I'm incorrect. No, no, no. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're right. She she wasn't sure. <laughs> no, she was not sure. She needed all of the help. And she truly didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just so wild. And then they like kept putting these out. So I had to sit and they didn't 
<laughs> they like were like, you have to sit. And I was like, I mean, I can stand on it, but I have to have my scooter. And they're like, the scooter? And I was like, I know. Yeah. And then they kept putting these like jungle gym of apple boxes for me to hop up on. And I was like, you have to tape these together. Yeah. And they were like, those things oh. slide. Yeah. And I was like, don't, wow. don't sigh because you have to tape these. I was like, I'm also fatter than the stand in one. So you're going to have to relight this anyway because I'm taller than her. And they're like, no, she's the same height as you. And I was like, I get that, but her ass isn't as big as mine. So seated, I am taller than her. And they're like, no. And then I sat and they're like, oh, we're going to have to relight oh, this. And I was gonna, like, oh, my God. Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> I'm literally telling you everything. And then my the person I was working with was like, 5.30, 5.30, Nicole. That's when we get to yeah. go. And yeah. he, he like spoke up a bunch to be like, mm, this, <laughs> this yeah. the way we're operating is wild. Oh my God. I mean, I'm glad there was yeah. somebody else there to sort of like, cause I've definitely had the experience too. And I'm, I'm sure you have where you're, mm-hmm. you feel very alone when like no one else. You're just like, am I the only person? Am I the wrong one here? And you're like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> and like, yeah, five thirty, five thirty, five thirty. 30, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that happened for you to you. I'm sorry that happened to you. Hey, you know? Thank you so much. Like that sucks. It does suck. And then I texted my friend Santina and I was like, oh my God, this, that, and the other. And she's in a wheelchair. And then after I texted her, I was like, she doesn't need to know my struggles. <laughs> like, it's almost like when, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like when the protests were happening and some of my white friends were like reaching uh-huh. out and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> uh, what? I'm, I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? I think... Kind of. I think I let I, somebody asked me, I did like a Instagram Q&A and somebody asked me like what my goals were for 2021. 20, mm-hmm. And I was like, my goal is to not have any goals. <laughs> like <laughs> not and not in like a it's just like I, I don't mean like I'm not going to try to do like, of course, I'm going to try mm-hmm. to do things. It's just like I don't want to look at it. I'm trying my best to not look at life as a bunch of boxes to check off. You know, mm-hmm. like if I do this, then that, you know, like if I do this, then I get that. Or if I get this, then this will happen. It's like, I'm, I just want to enjoy the ride, you know, which mm-hmm. I think I'm already doing. But in 2021, it's like, I just, that, that's, that's what I would like to, to bring. And it's, it's an achievable goal right now. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like that's it, but it's practice, you know, like you have to keep doing it. Uh, what about you, Nicole? Do you have any? Um, well, okay. My New Year's <laughs> resolution, it's always to quit smoking. And I really oh, thought I was going to do it sure. before 2021. Yeah. But then I started to smoke it more again. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there, man. It's tough. It's not easy. Big tobacco did a really great job. Yeah, they really did. I uh, I smoked for 16 years. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Right. Isn't that crazy? Because like to me, I'm a smoker. Like that's the thing is like I'm definitely a smoker, but so many people don't know me as a smoker, which is like pretty wild and a big trip. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and I quit in uh, 2011. Wow. And I, I Nicole, I, I literally did not think I was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. That's where I'm at right now. I'm like, I yeah. fucking love them. They're yummy, which yeah, is the wildest I mean, thing because they're stinky and not great. 
but they also are like so good. <laughs> they really are. You know? They're so tasty. How did you quit? Uh, I actually used the uh, easy way method, that book. I So I read the book. Yeah. I got about three fourths through it. And I was like, I think I might actually quit. So then I stopped reading it. Yeah. See, that's the thing is I I read the whole thing. <laughs> that's mm. how I but uh I actually used the audiobook. Oh. Uh, which at the time for me, and and this um this method that I used, I heard on a podcast. I heard Paula oh. Tompkins on a podcast before we knew each other as people share that that's how he quit smoking. I was like, well, might as well give it a shot. Um, and I got the audiobook and it was I listened to it while I was at work and it was mm-hmm. very helpful to hear someone else's voice, you know? And uh-huh. like put someone else's voice in my head instead of listening to my own thinking. Because my own thinking is what convinces me that having just one more is totally fine. Oh, maybe <laughs> I should do, you know. I don't like audio stuff because I can't sure. concentrate. I know I do a lot of podcasts, but yeah, but it checks out. <laughs> My ADD is like, you can't sit and listen. You got to do stuff. Well, but I was doing other things when I was listening to it. You know, like I was listening to it at work, you know, when I had like a before I was doing comedy. Also, I would say this was also very helpful for me at the time of quitting mm-hmm. smoking. And I will share also that quitting smoking is to me now, you know, 11 years out. It is a daily thing. Like I have, I I do not smoke every day. Like I make that choice. Mm. You know, like it's an it's an active practice to not do it. You know, and dang, and I say that it sounds like a lot, but it it's not. You know, eleven years out, it gets easier to do. And okay. there are many things that I do now that I I didn't do when I had the book that are sort of not replacements, but they have taken up the space that smoking used to take up in here and in here, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was also about to start doing stand-up. Like, I wanted to start doing stand-up, and I had been doing improv, and, like, I found the smokers, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm in the improv classes. It's like, you wander outside. You're like, hey, man, can I bum one? You know, and then you're mm-hmm. bumming cigarettes, and then I'm buying a pack and keeping it in the freezer and, like, all that stuff. And I was like, I decided I, I, I really loved improv, but... I had gotten to a place where it, where I didn't, it wasn't doing it for me. And, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to try stand up. And in Chicago, stand up was like a big, big thing. And I just remember being like, like I heard the Paula Tompkins on the podcast. And I was like, if I don't quit smoking before I do start doing stand up, I don't know if I'll ever be able to quit. And mm-hmm. at that time, that was what I needed to, to, to realize, you know? And, so that kind of gave me a little extra push of like, cause it felt like I was meeting a new group of people and I had an opportunity to like, maybe not hang out with the, you know, not like, find the smokers. Uh-huh. I still did because I'm a smoker. So I'm like still gravitating towards those people. But you know, I had, I had made that decision to, to not do that anymore. Um, through the book, through listening to the audiobook and following mm. the, the process that he lays out at that time. And again, it's changed over the years. Cause like, you know, other methods and other things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I say I, like, I smoked hardcore for 16 years. Ugh. Like it was an integral part of my identity. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like it's a part of my identity. Like I, mm-hmm. I just love them. They make me happy. And yeah. I still think I look very cool doing it. I'm even sure though- <laughs> that you do. <laughs> even though I don't think you do to this day. Like I know how bad it is. I know what it does. I've seen the effects on people in my family. And that's, that wasn't enough. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just not enough. Cause it has to come from the inside is the thing. 
Like yeah. you can't, there's nothing on the outside that can get you to, once, once you're, you know, addicted to the thing, there, it, it's not an outside thing. It's an inside job. Mm-hmm. And like, I still watch TV and stuff because it seems like now as a culture in entertainment for a long time, there was no smoking and stuff because mm-hmm. we were like, we got to get this out of there. And then eh, Mad Men and then period pieces. Mm-hmm. I watch it and I'm like, man, I wish I could get a job in Hollywood teaching people <laughs> how to actually look accurate smoking mm-hmm. because it's so rare because so few people smoke, like most people uh-huh. vape and stuff now, that like to me when I watch somebody smoke, I'm like, what the? It takes me out of the movie, mm-hmm. you know? It's like watching somebody try to 80s dance. Yeah, I had to learn. And it took a long time. My body was like, this isn't for I know. me. And I was like, it will be. And it still kind of isn't. <laughs> like I have a terrible cough that goes yeah. away if I don't smoke for like a week. Yeah, And then it creeps on back the more I do it. Oh, yeah. well. You mentioned Paul F. Tompkins, and at the last uh, Put Your Hands Together, he mm. did this um, <laughs> a bit about, oh, fuck. It's like a like a, a prop thing that, like, uh, yeah. what is peanut it? Brittle? It's peanut brittle bit. And I laughed so hard that people <laughs> were staring at me because I had never heard it before, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was, like, a very well-known, famous bit. And I was like, yeah. me and Sashi were going on and on about it. Like, yeah, oh, dude. my God. <laughs> what then, is it that... That's the beauty of this whole thing is like, it's a well-known bit, but you didn't know it. Who cares? You know what I mean? Sure did it. It was so, and then her boyfriend was like, oh, one of like the, mo- like the, like the quintessential Paul F. Tompkins you didn't know. And sure. we're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. But like, uh, oh man, that's, I mean, that's why I love this thing. Like who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. like you got, to, you got in on the ground floor. You know, oh boy, like truly laughing. So like people were like, That's- ew, what is happening? And I was like, why aren't you all laughing harder? It's like <laughs> they'd all heard it before. Uh, and I have since watched it online like a hundred and I laughed just as hard. It makes me so happy. It's so funny. He's so he's like, I mean, you two are some of my favorite top five comics. Like the two of you make me laugh so oh, hard. And I am not you. just saying that because I'm on this show like legit. <laughs> That makes me so happy. Every time you're on Put Your Hands Together is like, yeah, it's just such a treasure, you know? Uh, put your hands together, rest in peace. It's done, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't weekly. It was monthly or was it weekly? No, it was weekly for seven years. That's too much. And a podcast. I feel like we were doing a pandemic show before a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It uh-huh. was like the OG uh, podcast stand-up show. Like nobody was really doing that. Always doing, like, every time I did it, it was a real treat because I would always test out new material there because (laughs) the audience was so nice, but also truthful. So, like, they would give me the laughs I wanted, but also they'd be like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We don't like that. They they were really, like, smart. Not to say that other audiences aren't, but they they just were, there was, like, a good group of regulars that came, Mm -hmm. and then it just became a spot where... um, unintelligent stuff. Now that's not what I'm, and your jokes are not unintelligent, but I just mean, yeah, they're pretty Cause dumb. like, no, I just mean like people would come in and try to do these like not thought out, like gay jokes and stuff like that and be met with just like intelligent silence, you know, like just like, mm, oh, okay. All right. And, and you just like, couldn't do it, you know? And then it just like, I don't know. It was, uh, I, I, I do think it was a good spot to try stuff. Cause I mean, there people didn't laugh at all of my, 
I was always trying out new stuff there. And they'd be like, no, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> you know what and I mean? I, like, I just loved that because that was like the first show where I learned I could tell an audience, this is new. Let's see if it works. Yeah. And if it yeah. worked, I'd be like, okay, that worked. But what about this part of it? <laughs> so you could just pull the audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then it worked. So I do that. I do that everywhere now when I'm doing new material. Yeah. Like if it's worked twice, I'll just do it. But if I've never done it, I'll be like, guys, okay, let's see. <laughs> yeah, that show was so fun. Yeah, you were always so great on that show. Uh, thank you. Fun and fearless um, and vulnerable. So good. Can I talk about how you used to host it with a former partner or is that off limits? Uh, Yeah, well, let's let's see how it goes. How about okay, that? How fair. about I put it on there? <laughs> yeah. Fair. So you guys worked together a lot. Mm-hmm. Was that hard? When things were good, was it hard? <laughs> uh, you mean, uh, was working with your partner hard? Yeah. Because like yeah. you lived with your partner, you worked with your partner on multiple things. Because you had take my wife, mm-hmm. put your hands together. Mm-hmm. That's That's a lot. And then basically like a touring business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys toured <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. So it was hard to work together. Was it hard to like mm, unravel from each other in the end? I think that uh, it is always that way, though. And I think it just um, feels perhaps more because I would say what's difficult, and this is like the first time I've really talked about it. So it, I think the hardest thing has been the public aspect of it that mm-hmm. like... It's just hard to not, I, I don't think I'm like some big famous, so, you know, whatever. It, it's given me a lot of empathy for anybody who is a big famous person mm-hmm. who goes through literally anything um, because like, it's, it's just bonkers what people mm-hmm. think they can say to you about your life. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's like that, that's what's hard is like, because you shared your life, mm-hmm. you know, and as comics, even as just singular, com- like we share our lives, like people people really do think they can say things to you that like, mm-hmm. like that's not okay. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. really not, that's not for me. Like you, you could say that to your friend about me, but mm-hmm. please don't say that to me. You know? <laughs> but um, again, you know, it's like somebody being like, are you sure? Like, do you mm-hmm. really need those crutches? You know, uh, it's just like this weird human thing. But um, I think it's always long, any long-term relationship. I think it's, it's, there's always a lot of like untangling and, Mm-hmm. seeking and finding of yourself, you know? I've never been in a long-term relationship, so I don't understand that. <laughs> I assume it would be like, I've lived with roommates for a long time, uh. so <laughs> I live with roommates for a long time. That's how I said that. <laughs> but uh, my my old roommate in New York, her name's Jenny. I love her so much. We lived together for like six years. So yeah. when I moved to LA, it was like, it was devastating for both yeah. of us. We like cried on the floor and I was like, but we're just roommates. And then I realized, oh, but our lives were so intertwined because we worked together. We were very good friends and we lived together. So we spent yeah, a dude. lot of time together. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to move across the country and never see this girl who's like Oof. become my family. Yeah. It, was, it sucked. It sucked so bad. I assume that's what a breakup is. I mean, oh, that wow. that is a breakup, you know, wow. like I, I have had a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel Ooh. like, you know, we, we have these like words and terms and experiences that we're like sort of taught to reserve for specific things. And it's like, that's a long-term relationship living mm-hmm. with someone for six years. That's like intimate, you know, it's 
vulnerable. It's like you, you're like setting boundaries. It's like it's all the same stuff. You know, like it's all the mm-hmm. same stuff. Um, and so it affects you as a human, you know, to, to change that. It's it can be devastating, you know. Mm-hmm. Real quick, let's take a break. <laughs> Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh boy, we're back. <laughs> what a What a refreshing break. Oh, so nice. I got water. I feel refreshed. My <laughs> thirst just quenched. Um, here's a question. So you are in a relationship now. Yes. May I ask how you met? Uh, you can. We met at dinner. Oh. <laughs> we met uh, through mutual friends, through a mutual friend. Oh. Um, who, like, was, like, visiting, and they invited me to dinner, and mm-hmm. she was already going to the dinner. Um, and so I was like, sure. I was like at this place where I was like saying yes to everything. I was like, mm-hmm. I was actually like, I will say yes to everything that's not stand up right now. You know, <laughs> I was like setting that boundary of like, maybe you need to just like take some personal, you know, whatever. So I got there and I was sitting at a, like, I think it was a six person table and there were five people. And I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if you're into like astrology or anything, but I'm like, I'm a double Leo. I'm a Leo sun and a Leo rising. So I'm very like, Hey everybody, I'm the show. Um, and not having somebody to talk to, I was like, wow, this is offensive to me. Okay. All right. But at the same time, I was like, look, man, not everything's about you. Just be here. Just participate. Some of these folks you really wanted to like hang out with. And and now here's your opportunity. Plus if, if, if you're sort of left out on the end of the table, the game, like the Dodger game was on. I was like, you can just mm-hmm. like kind of watch that, you know, whatever. And then like halfway through the dinner, she like came in and sat down across from me. And I was like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she just like came in with a, an energy that was just very, I don't know, like attractive, like not in mm-hmm. a, you know, it, just like, Oh, I'm, 
okay, this person's cool. And then we just started talking and um, like just hit it off, you know, in a really cool Dang. way. Yeah, it just happened, you know. That's nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow. <laughs> you never know, you know. What restaurant was it? Uh, it was Mohawk Bend. Ooh, okay. They've got good pizza. The secret is you got to ask for extra cheese. Ooh. And I don't know why. It makes it better. It's so yeah. good. I love, they were one of the first restaurants that I discovered Impossible Burgers at. So that was what I got. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. Impossible Burgers. Are you a vegetarian or vegan? I am vegetarian. Yeah. I've actually, Nicole, I've been a vegetarian my whole life. Can you believe that? Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Can you believe it? What a dream. It? How does that happen? Wait, you've never had meat before? Yeah, your mom is a hardcore vegetarian. That's how that happens. <laughs> Wait, you've never, ever had meat? No, only by accident. This is wild. Yeah, I know, right? So- <laughs> and my last name's Butcher. Can you believe it? <laughs> that is funny. Wait, this is nuts. Yeah, it kind of is. You know, I forget about it sometimes and I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like, I've. I've legit never had me. I've never like I, when I say accidentally, I mean like a mom in third grade was like, "Ooh, you should eat those baked beans because there was like ham in it. And mm-hmm. she was kind of weird and kind of had some stuff going on. Um, <laughs> and then like, you know, getting pizza, that was like half pepperoni, half cheese and like getting one of the side pieces and having a little mm-hmm. bit of pepperoni on it like that or like chicken broth. Like that's the closest oh. that I've ever had. I have never been like, what is that? Oh, it's meat. I'm going to eat it. You know, like that has never happened in my life. Interesting. I stopped eating meat super regularly. So I became a vegan in May, but sometimes I have a lot of dairy all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm more of a vegetarian. I just prefer the word vegan. It just sure. sounds like yeah. Ooh, edgy. <laughs> yeah. I had chicken the other night, like a chicken wing. And I was like, ew, this is like a bird's <laughs> wing. It yeah. got like, it made me upset. I was like, I don't want to eat this bird anymore. But I finished yeah. it because I was like, I bought it. Uh, yeah. And then I also had a rib and I was like, this is the rib of an animal. I don't, for yeah. whatever reason, I was like the texture and the way it looked grossed me out, but I like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a rock and a hard place, but also I don't really <laughs> eat. I don't really eat meat that often. I would say I've had meat maybe like 15 times since May. Yeah. And I like it. It's cleared up my skin. I've got a little bit of visit right here from the chicken I ate. Yeah. And then allegedly, if I get rid of milk and dairy, my skin will get even better. But I don't know how to not eat it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And it's also really good for like your joints. But I, man, I love cheese. Like, so it's hard, you know? Like, I was vegan for a couple years, like mm-hmm. three years. And like, I just. Oof! I think about it all the time and I'm always like, yeah, but you've been vegetarian for so long. Like you're already there. Like who cares? (laughs) I can always convince myself. (laughs) What's your favorite cheese? What's my favorite cheese? Like Uh straight up cheddar, dude. But also like I'll eat whatever cheese. Like I love cream cheese. I love, (laughs) I love like craft singles. Like I love cheese. You you like American cheese? Yeah, dude. (laughs) I will eat American cheese. People laugh at me, but I love American cheese specifically because it tastes like plastic. Yes, that's what I like about it. It's like the Little Tykes playset that I can eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't eat cheese for a very long time except for... So when I was little, I used to call it raw cheese. Like like unmelted cheese to me was raw because you put it in the oven and it's melted. You know, you cook things in the oven. (laughs) 
And I just like wouldn't eat raw cheese. And then one day I was like, I don't eat grilled cheese anymore. My dad was like, what? You've always eaten a grilled cheese. And I was like, not anymore. I don't do that. I don't know why. And then I was like, I also don't eat raw cheese. And then I had a cheeseburger maybe at like 25. And I was like, wait, I've been saying no to this this whole time. It's so good. And I never look back. I love the Impossible Burger, though. It's so good. It's delightful in a way where I'm like, I never have to have a burger again. This does it. Right? I mean, it feels yeah. like like I've never had meat. Also, by the way, Nicole, <laughs> this reminds me of the thing that was going around on like, I don't I don't uh, experience. The only way I experience TikTok is through Instagram or Twitter. So I think it started <laughs> on TikTok and then it made its way to me on Twitter mm-hmm. um, of that that white woman. I think she's a white woman uh, washing her meat. Yes. And and like yes. look, I my vegetarianism is rooted in like a moral choice for me. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't think everybody needs to make that choice. I I respect uh meat eating. It makes sense to me <laughs> in the hierarchy of the world. I I personally don't think the way that we produce it is that's why I don't um participate in it as an adult now. Also, I just I it doesn't I don't crave it cuz I've never had it. Uh but as a lifetime vegetarian who just <laughs> makes that choice themselves, I because it was going around with like you know murder or what like somebody was mm-hmm. like she she should be murdered you know whatever like being hyperbolic and I was like okay I gotta watch it and then I watched it and I gasped when she did that <laughs> and like I don't eat meat I don't prepare meat I never have I, but I was like this there was something in my body that was like that is wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> you know wait which video is this because there's several videos of people washing meat in oh, strange God. ways. Is this chicken or is this ground beef? No, this was ground beef where she was that like, I learned this my in my mind. Niche. It blew my mind. Like the draining, the the oil, the grease, whatever. Sure, that's fine. Everybody so kind of does that. So if you haven't it. seen the video, she oh. cooks the meat. She puts it in a strainer. And then she's like, but not all the oil is gone. So you have to get rid of it. And then she runs water through it oh. and then puts it back in the pan. And I'm like, oh. did you even season it? Also, where's the flavor? It's, that's, it's, it's shocking. Also, yes. <laughs> if you think about, uh, I guess it's science, water doesn't, water and oil, like it doesn't actually, wa- like you have, no. oh, it makes no. me. I've never eaten meat, and that makes me more sick than anything. Like, I, I, I could not believe my reaction to it, honestly. There's another one where this woman washes her chicken wings. So, like, black people, I was always taught you, like, rinse them at the very, like, you just rinse them. At the beginning. This woman, yeah, in the beginning before, before you, you cook, cook them. them. So that you rinse off all the salmonella and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I think so, but white some white people don't do it. Like John, <laughs> I'm telling all of John's business. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't wash them. And I think it's so weird. Uh but this lady took a sponge and soap and was like oh. wa- like like washing them like dishes. <laughs> and I was like you can't you can't do that. Why are you oh, doing that? that? So oh, yeah. I some people that I don't eat at everybody's homes. Uh, no, because thank God. you just you just don't know. <laughs> also, can I just like make a quick shout out to how angry it still makes me that white people get online and uh <laughs> actively defend not washing their entire bodies? Like I just don't like it's it's one thing to not do it. It's another thing to actively and audibly argue that it's a totally valid thing to do. <laughs> it's so nuts. I, and it's like oh I've I only see white people do it. 
And I, mm-hmm. it is only, it is literally only white people because the only people who have been like, <laughs> you wash your legs to me have been white people. <laughs> like white people are like, why you're, already, I'm like, because it's, you bathe yourself. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Also, I was looking online for like, just like a, like a pumice stone for like my feet. And sure. then I discovered this whole thing like a it's the product is called baby feet so you like put your foot in these socks and then it like (laughs) peels the dead skin off yeah and then this woman like it looked like she was wearing like a shoe of her foot and i was like (laughs) oh how do you have that much dead skin and then i was like oh "Oh," because white people don't scrub the bottoms of their feet they don't We don't. We don't. I should say we don't. I do. We don't. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I was shook because I, I, I'm like looking at my feet now and I'm like, yeah, there's no way there's that much dead skin on them. <laughs> it made me so upset. They don't. I mean, yeah, there's we could create like I feel like a whole college sociology class about <laughs> the fact that. <laughs> white people claim superiority based on the skin mm. they don't take care of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do not moisturize, do not like touch in any way. It's I ridiculous. I often think about, you know, like Steve Bannon, is that his name? Yeah, that's his He's name. He's got like broken blood vessels yeah. in his oh, face. Yeah. And he like looks disgusting. Also, our former president looks disgusting to yep. me at least. And I was like, the slaves must have been so confused. <laughs> Be like, wait, these that people guy? are being so mean to us. <laughs> right. These people are making us work in a field. That guy? <laughs> Black don't crack. You know, my mom, she's a hundred. She looks 10. Like yeah. why are, what? Wait it's a minute. It's very curious to me. Sure. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> How should, okay. I, I mean, how do you want to transition out of slavery? Yeah, it's hard to transition out of slavery <laughs> in more than one way. I yep, in all the ways. First, let's get ro- the statue of Robert E. Lee out of this podcast, and then we can then we can really start talking about. I think about they removed that from somewhere. They did the Capitol, Nicole. Oh boy, can you, you know, believe it? <laughs> no, I'm always shocked and floored by where there are Confederate statues. Yeah. Because I'm like, like, they lost. Namely, the United States of America. It's <laughs> you know weird. I mean? They lost. They lost. And I, it's, it speaks to the, like, collective white denial, you know, mm-hmm. that, like, that this is a valid thing to do, to have mm-hmm. even, like, remnant, like, obviously, you want to have those things in a history book so that you're sure. not. Yeah. But the statues of them is what supersedes the history books because Mm -hmm. you see a statue a lot more often than you interact with a history book as like just an average citizen. And like, it's shocking to me, but I also am from Ohio where my mother still Mm. lives, uh, which is firmly in the, the quote North. And uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she has neighbors that have Confederate flags up and it's like, I know you didn't move here from Alabama. Like I know you did it. It's (laughs) strange. And have you, okay, so there's a Golden Girls episode where <laughs> yes. Don Cheadle, I, what is her name? Who's the Southern slut? What's her name? I can't remember. Rue McClanahan is Blanche. Yes, Blanche. I had to go actor first and then character. <laughs> Sorry. I'm bad. I was like, what? I'm bad at names. But like, Don Cheadle's like, you need to take down that Confederate sign. She's like, why? It's my Southern pride. And he's like, well, it represents something different to me. Yeah. And she's like, no. And she like argues with him for a little bit. And I was like, huh, why? Do why in film and television 
Do things get talked about? People take it in, watch it over and over again, and then go live their lives a different then, way. It's very yeah. confusing. I'm like, did you not hear Blanche? <laughs> and did you right. not hear Don Cheadle? Let's take them down. <laughs> yeah. I People are really able to just live in their their thoughts and not it because it requires being uncomfortable, you know? Mm. Discomfort. Yeah. Human beings do not want to live in discomfort. I mean, like, look at all the stuff that we're doing to not live in discomfort, you know? To not yeah. have the hard conversations. Like... It's, and it's literally just conversations, you know, mm-hmm. and like being able to sit in discomfort, you know, uh, and go like, oh, this is making me feel things, you know, <laughs> like I, that I don't want to feel and just going like, it's temporary. And we, this is like the work that you do. Um, and people are doing it. So I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't mean to paint with like a broad brush. Like people are continually doing it every day. Cause if they weren't, everything would be very different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like that. And it's interesting that you, that the conversation between those two, two people ultimately and two characters, um, because that's what it always comes down to for me, specifically in this country, because that's where I live. It's all about who gets to define mm-hmm. what these things mean. We're, you know, like our job as comics has, con- has continually become more and more like what words are offensive and what ones aren't and what's free speaking and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, man, there's no, like, there's a reality and then there's everybody's interpretation of it, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, we're continually defining what that thing means and what that word means and, like, you know, and it's just, like... Yeah, <laughs> it is, like, truly very, very interesting because, like, I have a, a joke that really goes after the gentleman in the room or, yeah, whoever identifies as a gentleman. Uh, sure. And... Uh, when I first started telling it, it would be like complete silence. And I'd be like, "Uh Oh, the joke doesn't work. And then I figured it out. I'm like, Oh, the female identifying people are upset on behalf of the men. And the men are upset Mm. because I insulted them. Mm. So then I just added, "Uh Oh, I hurt some feelings. And then everyone (laughs) laughs because they're like, you did hurt our feelings. They're like, yes, you did. You hurt their feelings. Would you be willing to share the joke with me? Um, honestly, I couldn't because no. I haven't told it in nine months. Sure. I yeah. don't know the wording of it. Oh, the wow. first outdoor show that I did, I was telling this Harry Potter joke that's like a year and a half old. And I like m- midway through, I was like, well, oh, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. do not know <laughs> the rest I of this joke. Am, I'm really looking forward to everybody sort of being, except for who, like Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, like everybody else being sort of equalized in an interesting mm-hmm. way. And I'm curious to see, like, I'm really looking forward to, like, I am like, wait, you mean to, I get to start over again at this mm-hmm. thing? <laughs> Hooray. Like, I'm I mean, so excited about that. Have you done any of the outdoor shows? No, I haven't. Smart. Nicole, the closest, and I almost just call, called you by the name that was, because <laughs> <laughs> my Zoom name is Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and if you ever get an email from me, it comes through as Whoopi Goldberg as well, because I love to tee <laughs> Yeah, dude, I love it. Um, I don't even know what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. It's oh, funny. Dang. My... Well, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, the closest thing to stand up that I've done is on uh, the show Good Trouble that I'm on. I was like standing on a stage doing stand up for the show, and like the oh. crew was laughing. <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> Thank you. You guys don't know how much this means to me. Because <laughs> it was at uh, Zebulon. So it was like, it felt like a real thing, which was nice. That's that's nice. I miss stand up in a way where like those little outdoor shows, I did like five of them before. Yeah. I was like, ooh, the numbers are getting pretty bad. I don't think this is very safe. Yeah. Uh, then I fell down and the Lord said, you oh, stay no. inside, you stupid bitch. Um, <laughs> God doing for but, you what you can't do for yourself, you know? <laughs> truly. Uh, but even like fumbling through the joke, I was like, oh, I need this. I Because mm-hmm. I was getting to the point where I was like, oh, maybe I just don't do stand-up anymore. I think I'm okay. I think I could yeah. live like this. This is fine. And then it was like, oh, Pre- no. That wasn't pre-pandemic. That was in the pandemic. You were like, maybe in I just the don't pandemic. do this. In the pandemic. In the pandemic, yeah. In yeah. like maybe June, I was like, you know, I'm, I did work a little too hard. Maybe I don't do that anymore. Maybe I'll cut yeah. out one thing, stand-up. And then... I did it again and was like, oh, no, I need all these things that I do. I just need to yeah. figure out how to do them in a way where I'm not expand, like expelling sure. like so much energy that I'm like, oh, I sleep for two days and then I'm awake for, <laughs> yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I relate. It's like I I used to think I had to like t- turn a thing off, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I actually just need to turn them all down <laughs> a yes. little bit, you know, and like be. Cause I would, I would say yes to things and then have to cancel, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, uh, I've just learned and continue to learn to like slow down and be like, is, can I actually do this? Mm -hmm. this, Is this enough time? Like, like I've done basically the one job I've had through the whole pandemic is, I mean, I've worked on my own things, but like the, the one like paying actual job has been on good trouble. And like, you know, it's not a ton of days, but it would be like two days and then a a, a Friday and a Monday. Mm-hmm. And like I, Nicole, like I needed Saturday and Sunday to be able to do Monday. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, interesting. Good to know. And, you know, luckily I don't have a million things going on or that I have to turn down or anything, but it's like, I want to remember that if mm-hmm. and when all, all those things come back to where you're like, it's all like I, I operated so much from like, if I don't say yes to this, I'll never get it again. Yeah. And that's a wild way to think. But I think a lot of people think like that. I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think comedians especially do it because we're just mm-hmm. like, if I don't, you know, it's beaten into you when you start stand up. Like if you're not doing stand up, you're not doing stand up. So mm-hmm. see ya, you know, and it's like I de- I determine whether I am a stand up or not, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> whether I'm doing it or not, you know, like, am I a stand up? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lovely way to think because uh, I think a lot of times we're like, Oh, what I do and how people perceive me makes me what I am as opposed to, right. no, no, I am what I say yes. I am. If I wasn't then well, what I say I am in the papers <laughs> of the news every day I am. <laughs> the radio. That's right. <laughs> you know, who knew I knew all those words? I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I love to watch it just flow out, you know? Wow. <laughs> I've never rapped on this show before, and I'm wow. real glad it was oh. to Eminem. <laughs> what an honor. What an honor. Oh, boy. It's okay. true, though, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's funny, because... I, I I truly just had that epiphany that like a lot like I spent a lot of time being like how do people perceive me but it's like well how do you perceive yourself yeah yeah I mean yeah it starts it's an inside job <laughs> you know <laughs> and like much like that, 9-11 how you feel about yourself is an inside job it's jet fuel you know too soon 
definitely. Uh, never forget. Oops, we already did. Um, it's wild. Yeah, man. It's so nuts that we we weren't allowed to forget 9-11, but COVID is just murdering it's people. It's not happening. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. What a, it's almost like you have to have your own <laughs> beliefs and continue uh-huh. to believe them uh-huh. and live them. You know, like yes. it's, it's uh, you know, actions do speak louder than words, even as mm-hmm. comedians. Um, and that reminds me too, just to like, cause you asked about the, what is the new year's resolutions, uh, mm-hmm. is, is to live, uh, in, in abundance as opposed to lack mentality, mm-hmm. like it, uh, a, a daily shift from knowing that when I say no to something, it's because there's not even something better. There's just, there, there will be more. You know, mm-hmm. and like mindfully saying no to things and mindfully saying yes to them and mm-hmm. believing that there's always a possibility for more and different. Yeah. Cause I spent enough time believing the opposite and it's not fun. <laughs> so like I might as well try this one on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I like when you said mindful. I feel like you're saying a lot of things that my therapist says, and I haven't really seen my therapist in a couple of weeks. Sure. So, uh, maybe, uh, maybe this is what I needed for my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we've come to the end. I have a question. Yeah. I usually ask people this. Sometimes I forget because I'm a dizzy bitch who forgets shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you date me? Would I date you? Absolutely. Nicole. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Oh wow, what a treat! Thank you. We could go watch Ghosts, you know, at like a drive-in movie or something. <laughs> we were talking about that before the podcast. I would love that. They played Ghost at I think it was earlier this year in like February, and I asked the person I was dating at the time. I was like, "Would you see Ghost with me?" And he was like, "Uh, what?" And I was like, "The movie Ghost. Would you see it with me?" And he was like, "I might be working." And I was like. <laughs> This will never work. I need someone who will be so happy to see Ghost with me. So I didn't <laughs> yeah, see it absolutely. in a theater and I was really upset about it. Oh, Nicole, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I would see Ghost with you. So yes, I would date you. Thank you. You're not a piece of trash. I uh, feel like we would have a great time. I think so too. It would make me so happy. As long as you're okay with me crying human tears. <laughs> Uh, all throughout that movie that's fine because at the end <laughs> yeah. i usually cry yeah and then i laugh very hard at all of Whoopi's parts the part i laugh the hardest at is when uh she's whispering or no no when patrick swayze's whispering to her in the bank and she's like why are you whispering <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it makes me- the bank scene with the pen oh and, my yeah, god it's can i keep this pen <laughs> <laughs> keep this pen it's so funny. It's so good. And also like the wardrobe is so good in that movie. It's you know, perfect. like that pink suit is perfect. Oh my and God. And also like, uh, man, I, you said Tony Goldwyn was a sh- sexual awakening for you, yes. which I feel like he also was for me. Really? There's a lot of shirtless, a lot of shirtlessness in that he, movie. Yes, he's shirtless and he's also like evil, but then like kind, but you're like, yeah, what is, what, what are you? Are you actually yeah, kind of are are evil? Very confusing. But like you're so hot. I once saw him at an airport and I almost fainted. Oh wow. Wow. That's that would be I feel like that would be very exciting. That's amazing. I'm happy for you. It was. And there was like a couple people who recognized him and were talking to him. And I was like, he seems kind and he seems like he would talk to me. 
but I like chickened out and I don't get starstruck because it's like, you're not signing my checks. Yeah. I don't fucking care. But I was like, <laughs> I can't. What would I say to him? I don't know. I mean, all of that. He's so attractive. He was also on the L word and he's yes, really he good was. on the L word. Too. Oh, he was so and good like, on the L word. He's just so attractive and charismatic and like a, a talented actor in a mm-hmm. way that's like not super, you know, whatever. But he's also MGM. He's literally mm-hmm. MGM. Like he's also like historically Hollywood. It's Wait, like such a what he is Metro Goldwyn Mayer. No yeah. Way. <laughs> wow, what a dream. I yeah. I said, mm-hmm. And then I was like, MGM. Did he have like a contract? And then I was like, he's not old <laughs> enough to have like a contract like that. And then I was like, what do you mean? So I was like, I'll just ask. What do you mean? That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, Goldwyn of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. He's got yeah. so much money. He's got so much money. That yeah. makes him even hotter. Because I didn't he's know. So <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony yeah. Goldman, if you're listening, I would love to date you. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. Also, just shout out to Demi Moore in that movie, too. Because, like, nobody nobody misty cries like Demi Moore. Like, Truly. her crying in that movie. It's so is, like, good. Yeah. It's very real. <laughs> it's real. It's good. I also just watched. Um, I, I mentioned this with the Roy Wood Jr.'s episode. I just watched Indecent Proposal. And oh wow! Have you ever seen it? I feel like I haven't because it came out when I was like not allowed to watch it, you know. And then it's I just good. haven't. Yeah, it's okay. good. And truly, like Woody Harrel, it's young Woody Harrelson, young Demi Moore, and you watch yeah. it, and you're like. Of course you people became big old stars. Like, of they course you did, are yeah. so good. And then Robert Redford, goddamn, doesn't say yeah. much. He says just enough. And, oh, well. my God, I want to marry Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so wonderful. Who knew? I didn't know. Yeah. Also watch Old Man with a Gun. That's also Robert Redford, but that's him now, and he's old. Oh, yeah. And... Casey Affleck is in it and I don't really mm. try to watch stuff with him in it because he's sure. like not the best person in the world or maybe I don't really know every story has three three sides is that the thing I don't know whatever I just know that maybe he's not great <laughs> but anyway it's a sure. good movie <laughs> yeah, very right. proud of it. <laughs> I like the warning you gave that he's in the movie I appreciate well, it you know you know trigger warning if he if he triggers you in any way I don't want someone to be like she didn't tell me yeah how dare you not tell me information I could have easily found out on my own before I watched it. Right, people get mad for weird shit. I know they do. The weirdest <laughs> shit. And I'm like, this isn't my, I'm so sorry. Okay, this is the end. And usually I read, uh, I'll find one. So I read something where someone hits on me. If you say something nasty, I read it out loud. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. Or you can DM me on Instagram. That's how I've been getting a lot of them. I just want to share what this man wrote. So I joined this new dating website. I'll talk about it on the next episode. It's called Woo Plus. It's for fat ladies. But there's these weird prompts on it. And this man, one of the prompts is things I'll never do. And he responded with turn gay, jump off a plane, go to jail, betray my partner and steal. And (laughs) turn gay is so funny to me. Because I, I love that that's number, that's number one. one. And then jump off a plane. <laughs> that that means to me you were on the plane when it took off, like on top of it, not inside it. He's like Bruce Willising on yes. top of the plane. <laughs> oh boy, it really made me laugh. Um, okay, wow. let me find. 
Oh, I screenshot this person correcting me. They're like, you had Mitra on your podcast and she's not black. But guess what? She's not white either. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, you know what's funny? Just one thing to shout out about Put Your Hands Together. There was a at least a two year period where with the exception of us as the hosts, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a big exception, uh, we did not have a lineup with more than one white cis man on it for a solid two years. That is And I say that not as like praise, but to say it's, it's, uh, possible it is <laughs> it yeah, was possible. It is possible i'm not like we're so great because it's like that's only two years out of seven or whatever and who knows the numbers before that but there was like a date that we started looking at it mm-hmm. and and there was a and the 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 last time that we had had two white cis men on them on the show one of them was also a gay man so it was like a gay guy and a straight guy they both happened to be white cis men but we did it for mm-hmm. two years after that two years after that it's possible i think people just don't want to put in the work because and it's like it's no. not even and it is hard it is, it's just <laughs> one of those like, things where you just have to like so like i don't know i went on twitter and i like kind of just like found some people that i was like oh you're very yeah. funny on twitter like i would like you on my podcast and i reached out and it ended up being good episodes yeah. so it was just like me doing slightly more work than normal that's it right it's like creating a boundary and then I think the hardest work is like not not believing that it's going to be harder than it actually is. Yeah. Because like it yeah, it just takes a little more work to like cuz like somebody says no, I can't do it and then you're like, "Oh god, mm-hmm. but this white person is available." And you're like, "Well, <laughs> you just wait." <laughs> you know. Guess what? You believe in abundance and then you're like it'll all work out and then it always does, you know? That's the thing. And then you get me dropping in. I don't know if you were there for this, but I dropped in just to do my pedophile joke. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was like, can I just have like three minutes? And you guys were like, of course. And I think you didn't come out after. I think uh, the co-host came out after and was like, wow. And I was like, (laughs) 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 it's my favorite joke that nobody, no, people like it. It's a wild joke. I liked it. I don't remember all the aspects of it, but I, what I remember is, I mean, that Nicole, that is like what I have always I don't want to like I, I that I appreciate and was always like so incredible and I cannot wait to do it again mm-hmm. because stand up will come back and I'll get to see you do stand up again. But just like your willingness to take like big risks, <laughs> you know, and like do that shit because it's like not everybody does that. You know, I don't I don't do that. And like it's just uh, I don't know. It's inspiring to see you, Thank you. do stand. I don't know. You just like swing at stuff and you're like, I'm going to do it. You know, you know, I'm going to do it and stand in this. I, you know? Cause like, it's scary. I like doing it. Cause I'm like, Uh-oh. yeah. Maria, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, I have a baseball podcast, which probably a lot of people are like, blech, no, thank you. But I talk about other things <laughs> in, in it and it's not solely based around statistics or even statistics at all. Um, it's called three swings. I have a lot of fun people on and we have great conversations about life. And then I also, uh, will be on good trouble, which is uh, premiering February 17th on Freeform. It's also then available on Hulu. So you can check it out there. And then uh, I have an album coming out for Special Thing Records um, called Pull Yourself Up by Your Bootleg. <laughs> uh, I like it. It's a performance that 
wasn't intended as an album, but I'm putting out anyway, because who knows when we're going to be able to record stand up again. So uh, give that a little listen. That'll be out. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I found a dirty thing. Okay. So this Great. person emailed me and said, I know you love dirty emails and comments. Oh, but I want to tell you how much you help others. Bleep, bloop, blop. Uh, okay. If it helps, we could have joked about how we would have a threesome with you and focus on your clit until it fell off. And then after we would dip it in gold and wear it as a necklace, as a token. <laughs> Why would you want it to fall off? I don't know. It's a man. Um, it's from two nice men. So maybe they're gay and maybe they don't understand that. Like your clit doesn't fall off when you come. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they think that that? And then we would we would wear it as a token. We would remove a body part I from guess you and then cut it and up and then wear it as a token. Love, love. It's not that big. It's not like a huge thing. We can like break it apart like the crown at the end of Mean Girls. It's pretty small. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Bye bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by. Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.